0: I'm Seth Day. I use he, they pronouns. And
1: I'm Rebecca Hackmeyer, and I use she, her pronouns. And
0: you're you're listening listening to Rad
1: Child Podcast.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Way to Go and Room to Grow. Uh, so this week we are talking a little bit about divorce. Not a little bit about, a lot about. Uh, we're talking about divorce. Um, hmm. And so, uh, yeah, we have some great books uh, about divorce. Spoilers. It's about divorce. Um, I think, I wish I had a dollar for every time I said that word. That was that was a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, I'll just jump right into it. If I could find the right tab. Here it is. Find the tab. So um, folks who have uh, listened, you know, been listening for a while. I don't know if you're randomly jumping in on this episode, but uh, folks who have listened for a while know that I have ADHD and I like to describe my brain like like my computer is right now like it's just like 2 thousand tabs open at the same time because I'll think of one thing and then I'm like oh that makes me think of I have to go to this website no oh, I also have to do that and I have to do this and then I, my, it drives my wife cuckoo bananas because she is very like my desktop too I have like two thousand things on my desktop and she's just like ah she needs to be like very like everything to be very calm and clean and I'm just like so right now I have like I don't know 20 tabs open it's
1: too many jobs is an official um uh, what's the word like symptom or <laughs>
0: too many tabs yeah it's like
1: like one of those like
0: web need md need to be uh i might need to make an appointment with my my health <laughs> it's funny because actually last wednesday i forgot to make a post that um well last wednesday when we were recording which would have been march uh i don't know when was wednesday twelfth 11th now I need to look to be to be correct. Wednesday
1: 10th, was the 10th.
0: It was 2 years ago. Ugh. Like, that's how long this week has felt. Uh, for real. Um but Wednesday was March 10th uh from when we we're recording uh was uh, actually I don't know if it's national or international narcolepsy awareness day. Hmm. Um and so I always like to make a little post uh, but sometimes I forget because I have ADHD. Ha ha ha. Come on, really? Anyway, um so I uh, whenever I make a post about Narcolepsy, people are always like, Oh my God, do I have narcolepsy? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't think about and I'll, I'm just going to take this moment to give my narcolepsy speech, but like, we don't, we just expect, and like, they actually found my narcolepsy by accident because we are in a society where being tired is just like normal. We're mm-hmm. all just like, Yeah, just drink a coffee. Like, we're all tired. We're all working too much. Like, right. I came from, coming from New York City, right? Everybody's working like 10 jobs and we're all tired all the time. We're just like drinking coffee and drinking Red Bulls, and we're like, Ah, oh, it's fine. We're all tired. Um, but I actually found out they actually like found it by accident because I went in for something else, but they happened to do sleep at the same clinic. So as part of the intake paperwork, they made you fill out like a survey about like your sleep habits and things. And afterwards they were like, um, Seth, we want to talk to you about this. Like you should get a sleep study. Um, but uh, but yeah, so if you have any like concerns about earth. Or- about your sleep, or you feel like you're super tired, like get a sleep. Talk to your doctor. Get a sleep. Right. My husband um, um,
1: recently diagnosed with sleep apnea. Yeah, I have that too. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> apnea can cause brain damage. Yes, he is. You're, you're, you literally stop breathing. You mean? <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, I really, I want to highlight what you just said about like our culture, like normalizing yeah. these ways of being. Um, which, of course, we also want to destigmatize, mm-hmm. like folks who are actually diagnosed with like neurodiversity and Mm -hmm. uh, disabilities and all of these different, um, syndromes and et cetera. But, um, yeah, um, I was just, I was reading an article about burnout. Right. And like chronic stress and, um, uh, the way that our system, like there needs to be systemic change. Absolutely. Um, like, obviously, like this is not news to any of our listeners, okay. I'm sure. But like, <laughs> that, like, that, that we are given these individual, like, um, like the the remedy for this this, uh, yeah. chronic stress and the the way that our systems, the demands that our systems make of us, is yeah. for all us to do more, right? Us to fit in self care, us to find ways yeah. to better manage our time well, in order baloney. to. Better right it's uh right. it's right. unsustainable and maybe right. that'll give burnout. you an indication about how my week is going my, my <laughs> long week but i'm happy to be here chatting with you about books and so. that's
0: also something like burnout is something that i i had never heard of burnout before i moved to canada and burnout is actually diagnosable here
1: mm-hmm. so
0: burnout is something like uh, there is one point where I was, it was when I was in New York, I was working a lot and I literally like there were days, this was also probably like a little bit of depression too. Um, Cause afterwards, like I was diagnosed with depression. I went on antidepressants and felt better. Um, But like, I literally was just like lying on the couch at work. And I was just like, I can't even play with you right now. Like I was just like, so burnt out. And and my wife was like, yeah, that sounds like a burnout. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's not a real thing. And like, it's not in the States. It's not like a diagnosable thing. Right. Well, of course not. Right. Because but, then everyone yeah. would have that diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here it is. It's like, and you can like, so, so that you can have the ability to say like, no, I'm going through something diagnosable. I need time off work or, like, you know what I mean? So it's not just like, because they don't, you know, it's ridiculous that like cat my wife has you know anxiety and depression and all these things that make it uh often difficult for her sometimes she has to take off work or you know to take a self-care day or whatever and she usually has to lie and say that she has you know uh she's a cold or she because people don't take mental health seriously Mm -hmm. right and so like in order to like for it to be like I'm not just like tired from work like no I have a burnout like it's diagnosable you know what I mean like right. people don't take it seriously if you're just like no like I am i can't get out of bed today they're like we'll just do it <laughs> like, that's um, not how
1: it works And something interesting and I know we're going on a big tangent and yeah, it's okay. can in. I think this is important for yeah. Um, is, uh, so I read this art- I was reading the Harvard Business Review Um, <laughs> as an article that I'm sure everyone is seeing because I'm sure that it's like going around like wildfire on social media um, there's some researchers, um, Christina Maslach from Berkeley, Susan Jackson of Rutgers, Michael Leiter of Deakin University, um, identified six main causes of burnout. And bear with me: um, unsustainable workload, perceived lack of control, insufficient rewards for effort, lack of uh. a supportive community, lack of fairness, and mismatched values and skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really interesting because. Um, That really maps on to another theory that I'm a huge proponent of and I'm like trying to bring to my staff um, in the school at which I work uh, is this idea that every single person needs to feel – needs to be made to feel competent and – Autonomous, like they have agency over the world, and like related, which is self-determination theory by Edward Deich and Richard Ryan. I'm a huge fan of self-determination theory, and it was just fascinating to me to think about like, wow, we talk about kind of how to motivate kids using this theory, and like how to motivate like people to kind of like a toddler. It's my book, (laughs) but it's like, yeah, this is we all need to feel connected to other people and, and valued valued um, valued right is a big part of that and like we have control over our lives um and when we don't if we're not if we're not in environments that allow
0: us to feel that way um it's a big problem a yeah big 100%. Problem. yeah oh my gosh well thank you listeners for dealing with our our little rant there but i think yeah. it was important and like that's that's what i love about all right, like, that's why this is a conversation and it's not just me talking. Um, And that's why, you know, I do, like, that's why I I have guests on and I don't just, like, talk at at you all because I feel like... They co-host stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Guest. No, no, no. I mean, on the other episodes, our guests are amazing and actually yes. like I wish I was as cool as any Rebecca of them. is not a guest. Rebecca is a co-host. <laughs> um, you're at the same level. <laughs> uh, you are valued. You are important. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I just like I-, I feel like these spontaneous conversations are what I love about about this. And sometimes, you know. I was like, we're going to talk about divorce. I said divorce like five times, and then we didn't talk about divorce. Uh, But now we will. Uh, So it's it's all good. Because you know what? The reality is that when you have a burnout
1: situation, when you're made to feel this way, when you don't feel efficacious in your life, it impacts your personal relationships
0: and can lead to divorce. There you you go.
1: I circled it back. I brought it back. (laughs) Oh, my
0: gosh. Um, So I actually, you know, I think when i first started looking for books i was kind of disappointed with a lot of the books that i was finding a lot of them were sort of like the blended families books were like this is what my family's like and my family's and i was just like i don't need that um and so i went on my beloved uh facebook groups and some people usually when a lot of people like i'll usually check out all the recommendations people give me unless i got like a 100 or something i don't know um but often uh, sometimes like the same book will come up over and over again. And uh, my first book was one of those books that a lot of people recommended and uh, for good reason. And it's called Emily's Blue Period. Uh, and it's by Kathleen Daly and illustrated by Lisa Brown. And it is published by Roaring Brook Press, which is an imprint of Macmillan. Uh, and basically it's about this little girl named Emily i so as an artist i love this book uh because it's about a little girl named Emily she's like i don't know maybe 7 9 um and she she really wants to be an artist and she's learning about Pablo Picasso in school and so like the beginning of the book is just like talking about you know her kind of what she's learning about Picasso and like how Picasso had like like picasso's full name was like super long and she's like i'm gonna change my name to be super long like like picasso and she's like very cute she just really likes art really likes picasso and so they uh they talk about and the way that they sort of link this together is that they talk about picasso's cubist work and describe it as like all mixed up um and then they transition into talking about how like the, the the book says the direct quote is lately emily's family is feeling all mixed up right um and so you find out that like emily's parents are divorced and so emily's dad is living in an apartment and emily and her little brother are living with uh with their mom in their house and so emily goes with her little brother and her dad to pick out furniture for his new apartment like he tries to make it like this fun activity to do to do together like we can pick out the furniture and um there's this really the kids are just like not having it like you can tell like this isn't directly stated but i'm interpreting it as like uh like the the brother like throws a tantrum in the store and needs to be like carried out you know uh screaming and everyone's looking at them and like i think the kids are just like not really coping like not really ready yet to mm-hmm. sort of move on and this is how they're coping with it and uh and there's one line where Emily's looking at everything and she says everything is pretty but nothing feels like home um which i really liked because the dad is like what about this what about that right um and so i'm going to read a little excerpt Again, if I can find my tab, here we go. Um, and so, and it also like which I've never seen in a picture book before because it's fairly short. It has chapters,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, which I think is really is really cute because really like, splits it up. And so, this is um, this chapter is Emily's blue period. Um, and uh, so, we see Mom on the phone and Emily sitting on a chair, uh, big comfy chair, reading a book about Picasso. And um, says that week's that week Emily's teacher calls her mom. Mm Mm-hmm, really? That's unusual. Em, that was your teacher. She said you wouldn't do the art project today. I thought you loved art. Yes, mother, I do love art. Then why didn't you do your project? Oh, flipping pages. Because we were using charcoal, and charcoal is black, says Emily. What's wrong with black? (sighs) I can't use black, because I am in my blue period. When Pablo Picasso was very sad, he only painted in shades of blue, and now I am in my blue period emily nuzzles her head into the spot under her mother's arm where it fits just like a puzzle piece emily's blue period lasts quite some time Mm. um and so i just i don't know again as an art person i love this book um because i'm looking at this like i could just read this like when i'm doing my art you know art theme with the kids right like i could read this and and it features a family um you know going through something but i also like i just feel like they capture the energy of children so well in this book Mm -hmm. like 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 there's a point where um there she when she's in the store with her father uh they're on the escalator and she's like and like because they're you know they're getting um uh, stuff for his apartment or trying to uh and uh she's like did you know when pablo picasso first moved to wherever uh wherever it was like you know he didn't have any money and so he just painted furniture on his walls to make it feel- and like so it just feels like very like like i know that you know that kid
1: mm-hmm. who's just like
0: obsessed with a thing and wants to tell you everything about like a freaking tyrannosaurus rex or whatever it is right mm-hmm. um it, it just feels like very uh genuine um and the characterization is just really great and i love Uh, just that that excerpt that I just read I really um, I like this idea that like she's taken this thing that she's learned about she's like I'm in my blue period now right Um, and like that also that she's using art to express how she's feeling um, I think is really great and we again like I think the arts get a bad rap for like being not as important as like math or English or whatever right Um, and I think they are super important Um, and so I you know I like this, this book kind of gives light to that and so the last oh yeah go ahead well i i just want to add um like
1: the idea i mean when you first read that that sequence to me i kind of like gave a little eye roll like oh emily's being very dramatic right like (laughs) i can't use the charcoal but at the same time like i think that it's so important to recognize that we do know that kid yeah and that the little bit of performativeness and the little bit of drama doesn't negate the truth of the feelings, Mm -hmm. right? So when a child in the classroom or our own children are engaging in a way that, um, you kind of want to say like well that's very dramatic or you know like that you want to kind of react a little bit like sardonically to or roll your eyes a little bit like it's important to step back from whatever that conflict is and recognize the, the emotion that's at the root of it
0: yeah absolutely I think a lot of times uh hold on sorry I'm trying to skip to the right page here there we go um I'm doing this from a YouTube video so this is, see, mm-hmm. this is why I like buying books. um. And then after all this, I ended up buying this book because I want to do it for the Patreon read aloud. <laughs> I, li- I like it best out of all the books. So, oops, I have a problem. Anyway, um, yeah, I think it's, like, when kids are being dramatic, I think we have a tendency to just be like, oh, my God, like, stop it, you know? um, Or, like, it's not that big a deal or say these kinds of things. And I think it is really important, like you were saying, that, like, just because they are being dramatic doesn't negate, um you know like how how they're feeling uh or the the validity of their feelings you know yeah. um and like i like that Emily's like the emily's mom's kind of response to that is not to be like oh you're me-. it's like she just gives her a hug and they just kind of cuddle you know and like i also like that representation of like sometimes like like there's something you can say to like make things better and it's just like being there for someone um mm-hmm. so yeah i just really like this sequence and so after this, Emily has an art project at school where she's instructed. Okay, this makes me so mad because this teacher fucking knows that this is going on in her life. And then the art project is to make a collage of your home. This makes me so angry. Um, I, I In parentheses, I have bad teacher. Um, <laughs> So basically, she comes home that night. Uh, she comes back to that the house with her mom and she asks her mom if her mom's house or her dad's apartment is her home and the mom is like well they both are and then her little brother makes this comment (laughs) i love this little brother also like just the the characterization of children in this book is just so good the little brother is just like eating a pasta or whatever and he's like you know you know so and so's mom has a potholder that says home is where the heart is (laughs) like like, i want to be in this conversation right um and so sometime after this conversation unclear how much time has passed. Uh, she she sort of goes around both her mom's house and her dad's apartment and collects, you know, various different things and ends up creating this collage of of a giant heart. Uh, and I'm going to read some excerpts. I'm going to read the end, the end of the book. So uh, finally, she is done. It is big and soggy and beautiful. Back at mom's, Emily hangs her collage up to dry. Emily, you're done with your blue period. Yep, says Emily. I mostly make collages now. That's a collage of my home and then the little brother says that's not a house that's a big heart with a chimney on it hey look there's my head so there's like a picture of his head in the collage <laughs> <laughs> well it's not a house but it's my home it's the home of my heart says emily see all the stuff from dad's and mom's plus jack's head uh, cut out of a photo cut out of a photo and jenny's friendship bracelet and other stuff that's important to me emily i love your collage says mom speaking and then jack the brother says i'm glad my head is important to you em uh, right before our bed, Emily notices a purple blob in the middle of her collage. Mom, Jack scribbled on my collage. Mom and Jack come running. I didn't, I didn't, says Jack. Uh, it's not a scribble, it's a purple heart, says Jack. I think your collage is the home of my heart, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, says Emily. Emily is remembering what her teacher said about collage. Uh, how you take things from different places to make a whole. Actually, it's okay, Jack. Your purple heart makes it better really says jack you mean it really says emily and she does um and that now her collage is perfect and it shows the collage um so yeah i just like i know exactly i had that same reaction i was just like <laughs> just like so sweet and i love uh i love this idea that she's taken you know like also i know this kid right who like they've had a project at school and they're just like really thinking about it right like what is my home what does that mean and like that she's taking the initiative of like doing this project at home um but like you know this idea of the difference between a physical place and what a home means Mm -hmm. um I think is really lovely and really important uh because right a lot of times kids who are going through divorce might have two or more different places that they're living right uh, or their parents might be living in different places and, you know, definitely like feeling displaced. Um, I imagine is something that comes up a lot. Uh, and so I like this idea of like the difference between home and a house. Um, and just like, again, processing through art. And I just, I love this story.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is really nicely done. The way I like, I agree with you that the, the, um, kind of the journey of the two different children and the way that each of them is captured is really, um, really feels authentic
0: yeah yeah it really does um I really and it's in a way that I feel like often kids books I don't know like that authenticity like struck me as something that I don't see a lot done really well you know sometimes I'm like that's fine but I'm not like like you know when you see things and you're like oh my god like I know that kid, or like that that is such a kid thing to do, you know? Yeah. Um, like that moment when they're on the escalator and she's like, blah 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 blah, Pablo Picasso, blah blah blah. Like I have been with that kid who just like wants to talk, it was dinosaurs and all they wanted to talk about was dinosaurs. Um <laughs> but uh but anyway, so the my sort of way to goes are um, I like it because it doesn't come off as like a book, quote unquote, like about divorce, like even though it is, like, I feel like I could just pull this off the shelf and read it, which is what I love about it. Like, I feel like I could read this to any kid. Um, and also, like, I think it would help, you know, it could help a kid who is dealing with uh, a divorce, but, like, their parents divorced. Not, I'm assuming the kid isn't getting divorced. <laughs> but, um, you know what I mean? Like, I I like that it isn't like, this is divorce, and this is what divorce is. It's just, like, a part of what's going on in her life, you know? Right. Um, I also uh i also love that like i was saying like it's appropriate for kind of all kids like i could see this just like like i was saying like i'm gonna get this book and i'm gonna read it to my kids when i you know when i talk about art and picasso um because that way it's like incorporating they're learning about a different kind of family right uh or a different family structure um while but it's not like punch you in the face like this is about divorce like my other two books are <laughs> just not a bad thing but we need all like we always talk about it right we need the whole um spectrum right of different kinds of books for different people exactly. um and i just like the other thing like i was saying my other way to go is just like i love that her like it isn't just like she likes picasso and then like they kind of forget about it. like every page like you know it's her reading the book about picasso it's her talking about, like it's not always her saying it but there's always something that is like letting you know like oh my god this kid is just obsessed with picasso right now Ooh. um and and also like i like the the whole like oh i'm into collages now right like and i can imagine that's going to happen with picasso right next week it's going to be something else um but yeah i just i just really i love this book the only room to grow i have uh is that it is a white family um and it you know which again white families exist (laughs) but uh you know i feel like there could have just been a little more diversity across the board there's really uh not much diversity to speak of um in addition to a race, there's not much ability to diversity. There's not much cultural diversity. You know, there's not really much diversity at all. Oh, yeah. um So that to me was a little like that. Could you know we could have even pushed it further because there's also no. I'm trying to think. Like, is the teacher? Do we see the teacher at some point? I don't it even think. White. Yeah, in the classroom, I don't see much. Diver- there's just like not
1: there's some shoppers like there's a shopper who looks like a like a black man with a baby like man we
0: really have to look for it you know and maybe like a woman who kind of presents as asian like not not, yeah exactly we're like looking at this with a magnifying glass um but yeah oh i see yeah the teacher is and we don't really see classmates um but anyway so that's really my only uh room to grow for this book but overall i really like this book i think it's one of the only ones that i found that was just like you could pull it off the shelf and read it um right. which i think is great because like kids need to i think like the other two books i have are more like directly for kids who are experiencing divorce um which is great but also like i want other kids you know to know that like divorce is a thing that exists um yeah. right because they're gonna have friends whose parents are divorced or whatever right and that might who knows maybe they will experience it someday like who know? you know you never know and i just think it's good just in the way that we talk about right like having books that it's not just for the person who's experiencing it right like a book about a black person isn't only for black people <laughs> like no kids know that black people exist or whatever it is you know what i mean
1: yes can i name can i can i piggyback on yes. three things that i like about this yes book? please i like that the chapters are kind of like periods in like an artist's life right yes. like like this stage of her so it kind of i like the that little connection between that um i really like the way that on the 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 book the book is really beautifully designed roaring Brook does a really nice job mm-hmm. with design it's not overly designed but it's very thoughtfully designed and the um the end papers are blue, but then <laughs> the back of the book, um, the barcode or the skew is mm-hmm. like part of the picture. You know, it's not oh, I, didn't, on... I didn't
0: notice because I didn't get ah. to see the back of the
1: book. It's uh if you look on I, I can see it on Amazon. If you look on um Amazon, you see that the skew is like on a piece of paper taped to the wall. Oh my god. So that's, that's so awesome. cute. This is a really clever way, yeah, to make it like Um, kind of a little meta uh, approach to design. Um, And uh, so I wanted to call attention to that. And then also I just wanted to um, say like it's interesting uh the different the way that you get a sense of the the different parenting styles as well of these parents and the way that mom is like asking all of these probing questions and like leaving a lot of space and like dad in the store when jack is like having his meltdown behind the sofa dad's like looking away and saying this is ridiculous (laughs) yes we know why these two people have divorced
0: yep and then he does the thing that you have to do sometimes where you just sack a potato as a child and you throw them over your shoulder and yeah you're just like we have to leave now like i can't yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah
1: I, I didn't that, you see that there's like a mad cloud above his head and he yes! says, great enough and it's yeah. like a different way to do that like you can say we're having big feelings right now i'm going to yeah. take you to space where we can work through them privately yeah
0: yeah yeah no.
1: Come on, dad, you can do better. I <laughs> <That> need some... <laughs>
0: oh but also, like, I do want to acknowledge that there are some times where you just get so frustrated with a kid that you just can't even, like, access that, you know what oh, I mean? I like, I there are definitely times where, like, you're, like, you just got angry, or, like, and your feelings are valid. I'm not saying that, like, you shouldn't, uh, you know, you should always try to, to do the best you can with your kids, but, like, I think sometimes like i'm just thinking about my own experience like at work like the mother of the twins that i'm with right now has a very short fuse and like cannot deal like i'm the kind of person who's like you want to keep screaming scream all day you're not getting what you want like i'm you. that's not how we act right that's not how we get what we want and she's just like i cannot deal with like an hour of screaming like i'm trying to get work done which is fair right but like the screaming like really like just get, gets her upset um and anxious and like you know i think that but also right he could have said like hey what you're doing right now is making me really upset right like there are other ways to do it i agree with you but i but i also on the other hand kind of appreciate the validity that sometimes it's just like you can't you're not going to do your best um and like you know and of course like we could have they could have maybe addressed like right if you don't do your best it's always good to maybe go back and be like hey i'm sorry i acted that way like that wasn't the right way to respond to that um but yeah i think that sometimes there's this pressure to be like the perfect caregiver and like always have the right answers and be like, your feelings are valid and this and that. And like, yes, that's important. But sometimes we're just like, that's it. You're a sack of potatoes. Let's go.
1: <laughs> I, I I agree with you that I think that it's this. I mean, I think that his responses are very authentic. I think it yeah. adds to the authenticity of these scenes. Right. But it all would also be a good opportunity to chat yeah. with your child, your, your child reader like, what could dad have done differently? Yes. Right? Like, definitely you know, like, this is ridiculous. It is, is Jack being ridiculous? Like, how do you yeah. think Jack feeling here?
0: Yeah, no, I love, I love that invitation to talk about that. I think that's a really good idea. And we talk about that a lot when there's a moment like this, or uh when something is maybe like slightly problematic, or I wouldn't call it problematic, but you know what I mean, when things are a little like, they, they don't Non-optimal. totally, what? Non-optimal, right? Like, real. Yeah true realistic but maybe non-optimal yes and so i think that there's always like when a book you know like this but that obviously doesn't ruin the whole book but like when a book is still salvageable you know and there's a moment like this i think that's a great time to ask those kinds of questions and pause right. oh, um, yeah,
1: definitely I'm not I don't mean to imply that it ruins the book oh right? no I don't I didn't it's think you
0: were but I'm just thinking about like authentic very
1: realistic yeah
0: I was but. just thinking about it because uh there's an article that I that I wrote about this specifically about like what to do with sort of problematic books and like also obviously depends on the level of problematic and things like that but um I was just thinking about that because that's one of the things that i talked about in that article is like the ability to just pause and say like hey what's going on but right obviously it depends on the level of the problem right Uh, right. there are some books i mean because we were talking about this um i was talking about this recently oh my gosh there's been a lot of chatter about dr seuss Mm -hmm. uh recently and people um i'm trying to think about how i want to phrase this um And sort of the consensus with the, there's a lot of, like, debate about, because there's specific Dr. Seuss books that have been called out about being racist. And there's a lot of debate about, well, if the author is racist, do we read the other book? like What do we do with all these books, right? And the kind of consensus on a lot of my groups is people are just, like, recycle them. Like, don't put that out in the world. Like, we don't want it. Um, And, like, even it was interesting because I posted that article more, like, in the sense of, like hey, we're talking about problematic books. Here's some things you do with problematic books, not specifically with Dr. Seuss books. Because like a lot of those books, like people are just like, throw them out, recycle them, get rid of them. Um, And it was interesting because we had this conversation about like, like if I'm, because one of the suggestions was to like make art out of it or do something. And they were like, yeah, but is that still like honoring like problematic work in a different way, like valuing it in a different way? Um, And I don't know, it was just an interesting conversation, but uh, Mm -hmm. that's that's what that, made me think about um but anyway all to say that there are some books that we should just recycle and that's why that's the last thing on the list i was like listen if it can't be salvaged it's okay to get rid of it right you know don't feel bad
1: this is not a recyclable book right like but i think that that it's um just uh i don't know i I feel like some of the books that we talk about um there's abigail the whale there's Mm -hmm. um, my footprints where Mm -hmm. uh, kind of the bullying yeah. like is part of the conflict, right? Yeah. So the, the child reader understands, oh, what's happening here is bad. And yeah and now this, it, it triggers this chain of events, right? Um, And so I think I just wanted to point out that, like, in this scene, the father is acting in a very understandable way, a very relatable way. I think a lot of parents will see themselves in these actions, but it's not the conflict, right? This is just a scene that's illustrating what's mm-hmm. happening in this family but um there's nothing to signal that like it's not cool that dad says this is ridiculous yeah exactly right. like i think that we just need to so we might need to like break that those, down. like you're saying
0: find yeah. those moments um pause and talk about what could have been done differently yeah, there, for sure um so on that note i'm gonna move on to my my next book it's funny i went from like like my first one was kind of you know it was more of a, it was a story and this is like combination it's really interesting uh it's called my family is changing a drawing and activity book for kids of divorce so it's combination like story and activity book um which could be really badly done but is done really well uh and this is uh by written by tracy mcconaughey mcconaughey i'm gonna say that again tracy mcconaughey um i'm gonna say the whole sentence to make it easier for cat actually hmm. uh, so this is written by tracy mcconaughey uh who's a social worker and play therapist uh who works mainly with children works with a lot of children uh with of divorce specifically um and it's illustrated by karen greenberg and it is published by rock Br- rock ridge press who i could literally find nothing about on the internet so it must be some kind of like self-publishing or uh what do you call it like hybrid but i could i could find no information um it must exist because it published this book <laughs> Um, so basically, like I was saying, it's sort of part story, part activity book, and it follows seven kids and their experiences with divorce. So I'm just going to like give you a little flavor, um, and read a couple of books. So the first, uh, the first kid, um, well, the first family we see is a little girl named Sarah and, uh, she, uh, and her parents, she has a mom and a dad and they all uh, appear to be white. Uh, And it reads, my name is Sarah. My parents just told me they're going to get divorced and that soon our family will have two homes instead of one. I used to hear my parents argue and sometimes that made me confused and scared. Now I'm feeling very sad and also worried. I don't know what it will be like when my parents are divorced. There are so many feelings inside of me. And then the next page has a bunch of different faces on it and a couple of which are like empty circles. Uh, It says, do you have a lot of feelings too? Like Sarah, circle the faces that show what you feel about your parents' divorce. You can also use the empty circles to draw some of uh, the other feelings you may have. Uh, I love that there are empty circles uh, Mm -hmm. that let you like add your own feelings. in. so it often, it kind of goes like this where it'll say something sort of about the, what the kid is experiencing and then invite, the child who's reading to sort of do an activity so then the next page says my teacher it's still sarah uh, says my teacher says it's important to pay attention to my feelings even the hard ones when i pay attention to how i'm feeling and take care of myself i start to feel better i can take care of myself by sitting quietly and breathing getting a hug from someone who loves me or snuggling my teddy bear i also like to talk to my grandma listen to my favorite music and draw pictures of how i feel what makes you feel comfortable and calm Uh, and then it has this wheel with like six sections and it says like a little pie uh, and it says this is your own wheel of comfort in each section draw something that helps you feel better maybe you get comfort from some of the things that sarah does like a hug or favorite stuffed animal or there may be different things that help you feel better um so i also like that it gives suggestions but doesn't say this is going to make you feel better which i hate when books do Mm -hmm. uh when they're like what like there's one book that's like uh i think it's oh gosh i can't remember it's one of those like breathing books and um i said i said that with a little bit of sass because breathing but i have i have some feelings about i feel it well i feel like a lot of them do this where one of them uh and i can't remember i can picture the my magic breath that's what it is Mm -hmm. and it says something along the lines of like take a deep breath doesn't that feel better and i'm just like fuck you no it doesn't (laughs) like don't tell me how to feel. This y'all know I don't like when people tell me how to feel. Um, and I don't like the idea, like, okay, what if it doesn't? Is there something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Right? Like I don't like. That. So I appreciate that this book is like, hey, here are some things that help Sarah feel better. Maybe some of them are the same for you. Like, here's some ideas, but like maybe they're different. Uh, and then, you know, it sort of gives them the option to 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 think about that. And so it's a lot of these, um, it basically goes like that. It's like, Uh, a spread with one page of kind of story and then another page of activity Um, and there's like uh, a lot of different variety of activities like they and a lot of different topics that they cover like they talk about you know having two homes making friends and being in a new place and making friends you know am I still loved right practical things like who's gonna pick me up from school right (laughs) like there was one kid who's like I'm not worried about that much I'm just worried about like who's gonna pick me up take me to soccer and like when am I gonna get to see my dog (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, like some kids are like fine about all the emotional stuff, but they're like, okay, but when am I going to get to see my dog? Um, and then there, you know, there was other things like, you know, obviously you can get us, I mean, you can get a sense from whatever I read already, but it's very validating of different feelings, it talks about coping mechanisms. Um, and then also what I appreciate is it also talks about like, there's an opportunity to say like, what are some things that are better? maybe now that your parents are divorced right like not all always focusing on the negative but like maybe they're not fighting anymore maybe you get two beds or you get two bedrooms that's cool like whatever um because i i appreciate that it sort of focuses on both so i wanted to read one more excerpt um and this is uh i just realized i picked two white families uh they are there are a, a lot of um there's a lot of diversity in this book actually um there actually is only oh that's not true. I'm a liar I think well I think the moms the moms are reading as white to me and the daughter is reading as maybe Asian um, but there's actually only one as far as the kids go Sarah is the only white child um mm-hmm. out of seven kids which is cool uh, and the families are very like uh diverse and there's a lot of like even like for example there's a heterosexual family um a family that I'm reading is heterosexual because it says mom and dad uh where one it's a multiracial family but the son like, like it it appears that the like the son only resembles one of the parents
1: Mm -hmm. so like maybe
0: maybe they're from another marriage maybe they're adopted right like it's not even with the heterosexual family i like appreciated that that was there so there's a lot of diversity in this book in the illustrations but anyway so this is a a two-mom family with a little girl and it says uh, my name is annabelle and i'm seven years old my mom's got divorced a few months ago i wish they were still married i miss all three of us being uh being together and playing games or making cookies when mom is dropping me off at my house with mama i try to see if they're happy to be with each other sometimes i ask them if they can please get back together and try to be married again um when parents are divorced children often spend time uh some of their time with one parent and some of their time with another parent with the other parent sometimes they miss being all all together like annabelle does but they also like having alone time with each parent Draw pictures of something you like to do with each of your parents and it's like split in half it's like a little square split in half and then the next page says my mom's explained to me that they aren't going to marry each other again but they're still going to be a team and help take care of me and make sure i'm loved they talk about how i'm doing and what i need i still have a family it's just different than it used to be when parents divorce, a lot changes, but some things stay the same. Children still have parents who love them. I mean, eh, hopefully. Um, other friends and family, uh, school and their favorite activities, draw some of the things that will stay the same for you. So I also like that, like, they're talking about, like, what things are going to be different, but also what things are going to stay the same, right? Um, and right. That, stabi- that stability, I think, is really important for kids. And to remember that, like, not every single thing is changing, Um <laughs> and then I realized that the f- the book is called My Family is Changing. Um, but not everything, right? Some things are still the same. So I like that it encourages, um, encourages the kids to also think about, like I said, like positive things, like the things that are staying the same. So I think there's like a really good variety of activities here. And I think, which is nice because, right, like not every activity is going to resonate with every kid. Um, and so there's a lot to pick from. And I also really like that there's um, like... A variety of like like in this instance with annabelle's family like her parents are still co-parenting but like in some of the other examples like the parents are not co-parenting right and like um you know or they might have other partners or so there's like a variety of different uh kind of situations which is right which you would hope since there are seven kids right not every situation is the same Mm -hmm. um and so uh oh and the last thing that i wanted to talk about before i get to sort of my formal way to goes uh is that at the end of the book there's a two-page spread that says what's your story write the story of your changing family here Uh, and what did you say
1: i like that
0: yeah and then at the end it says the, the next spread says what does your family look like draw your changing family um so it's just like a really really lovely workbook um and i the things that i really like about it are i feel like. It could be really clunky, um, and it is a little like my name is Sarah and I'm seven and this and that, right? Um, like it's a little after school, especially. <laughs> but I think it really, I think it works for like what it's meant to be, um, and I feel like it it really nicely transitions from the story to the activity in a way that I feel like could be really clunky, um, and I I really like the activities. Like there wasn't, like I said, there's a variety. Like probably not every single activity is going to work for every kid, but i i like the idea of that um i mean i like them i just like them in general i think they're good uh solid activities and they they really make you think about like the different things like you can tell that this is a person who has experience with this who's written this you know what i mean right. like because they're thinking about all of the different like the positive things the negative things the feelings like all these different aspects mm-hmm. um I really like that, like I said, I mentioned that um, Annabelle has two moms, there's also a kid with two dads, um, of course everyone else is heterosexual, but at least, this is literally the only queer representation I could find in a book about divorce, I don't know if you, I would love to hear if you have found anything, um, but no, I was like, what? yeah, so Uh, So that was that was really exciting to me, um, that there were queer families represented. Uh, And just like I said, diverse kids as well. And there's a lovely front, not back matter, but front matter in this book. Um, Mm. There's a a letter, it's like Dear Parents, Guardians and Caregivers, which I feel appreciated to be included in. Um, Because also like, right, if kids are going through a divorce, they might be with lots of different people um right. like there's also there's one the, the kid who has two dads uh was saying that like their grandmother moved in with them to help take care of them with one of their dads so like i appreciate that it's also addressed to all of us uh and then there's a little bit um of uh sort of just a, a guide you know things like some children ask why questions about the divorce like why are you getting a divorce why can't you just get along it's important to give general answers um uh, whatever it's like just you know it's talking about all different kinds of things or uh if your child a- asks a question you don't know the answer to allow accept and allow any emotions your child shares right like all these kind of tips um uh so i i appreciate that with some some front matter uh, that it's front
1: matter because it's like you should read this
0: first before yeah navigate the book
1: so often so often kind of that information is at the back and, and it's you're like, like oh oops <laughs> That would have been helpful to know <laughs> twenty minutes ago when I started this.
0: um Yeah, really, the only uh, room to grow I have, which again is like I know y'all are here tired of hearing me say it, but there's really no ability, diversity, or body diversity in like body size. Everyone's hey, hey we're yeah. gonna say it every time. We're gonna shout it from the roof. Gonna keep saying it until it changes. <laughs> Except the people that I'm yelling about it to aren't people who can change it. Probably. If you are change it. Um, (laughs) I'm yelling at you. Who (laughs) can write their own books and get this going. Oh my gosh. Um, but anyway, so I, I really like that book. I really, um, again, it's, it's definitely targeted for kids who are going through uh, a divorce, um, or dealing with their parents divorce. And so I, I definitely think that, um, it's it's a great a great book for kids who are experiencing that for sure um as opposed to emily's blue period where i feel like anybody could you know it's like specifically for those kids which is fine like they need resources um but just buyer beware that uh it is definitely targeted for those kids yeah. um and then my last book is also specifically targeted for kids uh, who are experiencing uh, divorce and it's called a kid's book about divorce. We talk about a kid's book about a lot uh, and it is um, written by Ashley Simpo and it doesn't have an illustrator because for some reason I, they need to credit the graphic designers of these books. I'm going to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> now that my wife's doing graphic design, I very, feel very strongly about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so these books have sort of like, graphics um in their the words are sort of done in playful ways and the colors of the pages and things like that but they don't have uh traditional illustrations uh and as i said it's published by a kid's book about and so basically it's uh, in these books if you're not familiar with them um the author speaks directly to the the reader um and also you know there's in front of all of these books the kids a kid's book about books it, oh, it says because we were talking about like front matter it says better together this book is best read together grown up and kid um and there's a little bit of information as well in the front of the book um like a little intro like talking about divorce can feel incredibly awkward and painful it's when it blah blah blah, blah and, you know um you know there's like a little intro before so i appreciate that there's front matter um and so basically like i was saying the the author of all all of these books are like this where the author sort of talks directly to the reader uh, and so i'm just going to give you a little flavor of the first couple pages hi my name is ashley i'm a writer and mother i'm also divorced i have a feeling that if you're reading this book you have questions about divorce questions like why do people get divorced what does divorce mean Uh, If your parents are already divorced or separated, you probably have, uh, have questions like, can I fix this? When will this change? Do my parents still love each other? What did I do wrong? There are so many questions to ask about divorce. Fortunately, there are plenty of answers. Uh, And then it jumps into, you know, it says to to better understand what divorce is, let's start with what marriage is. So they talk a little bit, they explain marriage, uh, and they define marriage as an agreement between two people to become a family, share a home and love and respect each other. And then agreement is in green with little asterisks. And at the bottom of the page, it says, an agreement means a decision you make with someone else um so i appreciate that like they they do this often in these books like i'm thinking about a kid's book about white privilege also does this where they like define privilege before they and define what it means to be white and then like put them together uh right because like we can't just jump into what something is if we don't know you know what we kind of need like it's scaffolding right uh like it's hard to talk about a divorce if we don't know what a marriage is um (laughs) so i I, right i it's weird uh so i go ahead what did you say
1: that's such a good point that is such a,
0: right right okay. and a lot of these books don't do that they don't explain yeah. what a marriage is
1: and you know what those things that are not it doesn't that that tells us something about what we consider to be the dominant culture right like the things that yep. without saying quote yep. unquote that are part of the zeitgeist and it's like wow okay so that's how we normalize stuff yep by thinking it doesn't need an explanation
0: and also what i what i think is interesting is like i I imagine it would be really tricky like if like in Quebec there's um a strong like with my not quite my generation but the generation like my my uh wife's siblings who are like two and four years older than her like their generation like just a little bit older than us um had has a really strong like there's a really strong movement of like not getting married and just like like still doing all of the you know normative stuff like having kids having a house but they're just like why do i need to prove to the church there's a big like anti-church movement here because the church was up in everybody's business to the point where like somebody literally from the church like the church and the government were like all up in each other's business and somebody literally knocked on cat's grandmother's door so grandmother this is not that long ago her grandmother's door to be like you haven't had kids in a couple years what's going on What? because like it was you know the catholic like you need to have kids yeah it's like right so like then there was this big sort of like split from the church uh and so it's just like a lot of cultural stuff going on all this to say that like that generation the generation a little bit above us is like very like we're gonna do it all but we're not gonna get married and so like I I would imagine that it's difficult for because like plenty of people are just in like common law marriages or just like you know whatever they're living with a partner and they don't feel like getting married and they still have kids or whatever um and oh. like if you're getting separated but not divorced there are no books for like I couldn't find any books that were about like separation that don't use the oh. word divorce
1: um that reminds me and I'm, I'm trying to find it because I want to shout out the actual like uh, creator, but I saw, mm-hmm. did you post this? Someone, I just recently saw a, I guess it's called a meme. I don't know if it's technically a meme, <laughs> but um, no, it's probably not a meme. I just saw a, a, a share of someone's sentiment mm-hmm. on the interwebs that said, like something about like marriage is a construct like marriage is not normative like let's normalize like buying a mansion with your 10 like your five best friends and 10 dogs
0: yes i love that it's amazing and i'll we will we'll link to it in the show notes if i can find it we talk my friends and i joke about that a lot about like our dream being just like getting a big victorian mansion and just we all live in it like be great Oh my gosh, um, but yeah. So I yeah. think I think you're right. Like it says a lot about the dominant culture that we just like assume kids know what marriage is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, uh, it it goes into a lot of different things. It talks um, very similarly to the other book, last book that I spoke about. Um, it talks a lot about like f- different feelings. It talks about some of the possible changes that might happen. Um, some reasons why divorce happens. It talks about like the good things as well, which I really like. Uh, like I was saying with the other book, I appreciate um let me let me find this part um oh you know what i'm actually gonna before i get to that part there's a part about feelings that i wanted to read so it says i want you to know it's okay to feel any of those feelings It, it had listed some feelings prior to this it's okay to ask lots of questions and share your feelings with your parents and it's okay not to understand why your parents got a divorce um yeah i think that's that's all I want to read but like I appreciate like it's again it's like very validating of feelings and also like I like the idea of like it's okay if you don't if you don't get it right um because like it's, it's complicated and like sometimes I don't even know if your parents know why they're getting a divorce <laughs> It's a lot of things going on at once you know um and then uh like I was saying it talks about it talks about the the good things as well um where hold on I lost my I lost my sticky note guys um okay there it is So it talks about the good things as well. So it says, when I got divorced, a lot changed, but some of the changes were good. Like I didn't have to feel hurt anymore. There weren't any more arguments. And I had more energy to have fun with my son. There were some good changes for my son too. He got lots of happy attention from his dad and me. He made uh, new traditions with each of us, which made his time at home, at each home feel special. He got two bedrooms and two sets of toys and a new family tree with even more people in it. Uh, His mom and dad brought new special people into their lives who became special to him, too. And he he even got new aunts and playmates who became like family, and his parents created new lives. Um, Yeah, so I... I appreciated oh you know what I'm going to read one more page uh divorce makes family look like something completely new a new community can be brought to life out of all the pain of divorce this will look different at first but will one day become a part of what this is a weird sentence I don't know if I like this but (laughs) will one one day become a part of what makes you beautiful and creative I don't know about that um that's a weird that's a weird sentence there's another one in this book that I'm going to talk about later yeah I don't so that's so you've heard it, so you can know how you can think about how you feel about it <laughs> before you get this book. <laughs> um, yeah, I, fi- I find in these books there's often like one or two sentences that I am like, Meh, I don't know. Um, that one reminds me of like you were saying about the the breathing, like, I'm
1: not, like oh really? Like that seems like a very not beautiful, beautiful and creative
0: already. <laughs> I don't know, it's weird. Um, but one other thing that I like, I do like that they mention is they mention like it's not your fault that your parents are getting divorced, which I think is really important because I think um kids often go go there they think that it's their fault uh their parents are getting divorced and i think both uh both of the books the my family is changing the workbook also covered that so i really appreciate that um so my my way it goes are uh it's like i think it would be appropriate for i mean obviously it's probably geared toward kids who are currently um you know, experiencing this, but also like in the beginning, it does touch on like maybe you've already experienced this. So like, and you're still kind of because you know it's not like the, the divorce. You know, the divorce finalizes, and you're like, okay, I'm I'm done now. I'm good. Um, so I appreciate that it's kind of uh, they open it up to kind of uh, both both kinds of kids. Um, and uh, I you know I like that it it validates feelings. Um, and overall, like I think it's. And like I was saying, I really appreciate that they explain what marriage is. Um, Because that's very, like, that's what I would, I feel like that's what I would do if I was writing a book like this. Um, Like, it just breaks things down before it starts explaining other things like and i just really appreciate that because that's like how my brain works i'm Mm -hmm. like okay before we can talk about like arithmetic we need to talk about adding before we talk about adding, we need to talk about what are even what are numbers and before we talk about that we need to like figure out what numbers look like right like we can't you know jump to arithmetic we need to like what are numbers even um and that takes a real skill to figure out to break down big
1: ideas into accessible chunks for yes. a wide variety of audiences. Yeah,
0: so I really, I think they do that well in general. Um, and so, uh, oh, the okay. The one thing uh, that was a room to grow for me was there, well, there were two things. Uh, there was one that I, that they were like, I understand what they were trying to say, there, uh, which was like, most likely, they should have put most likely, your parents will not get back together. But what they did say, well, your parents will not get back together. And I was like, you don't know that. There have <laughs> definitely been people who got divorced and got back together. Right. It is unlikely that your parents will get back
1: together. Yes. Would have been right? yes.
0: But I, I think what they were like, I think they said it a little better in uh, like, because it was situational, right? When we were talking about Annabelle in the last book she was saying, like, oh, I really want my moms to get back together, but they explained to me that they're not going to, right? Because this is Annabelle's situation. Right. Um, you know, so that's, like, very different than, like, but, like, definitely there are people who might get back together.
1: Like, or, I don't know. Or maybe, I mean, maybe we both just sound like, we sound like children who want our parents to get back together. It could happen. It could happen. But I think um, uh, it's, like, that, in the same way that it's important that it's talk that it kind of started with what is marriage, mm-hmm. it's like I guess maybe is there a distinction that really needs to be teased apart between like separation and divorce? Yeah, yeah. You know, well, like, well, I like guess
0: trial separation. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. I guess they're trying to say like, uh, you know, it's not just like oh we're taking a break. Like this is right. generally speaking a permanent decision. But I feel like it needed that like a qualifier in front of it it needed some kind of qualifier um and then the other part at the end of the book it says you will still be you and you will be still be the most important part of your family and i was like first of all not always true second of all should you be the most important part of your family right and also like, if you have a sibling are they not the most imp- like or like are your parents not important like you're all important and so like that rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like that. Yeah, that's not very well said. Yeah. Um like uh, you will still be important to your family or like it, well, even that would have been like uh, you know, you are still
1: an important member of your yeah, family. Exactly, right? Important to
0: both and or all yeah. well, of that, your That's so also far. how I feel when there are statements like your parents love you so much and I'm like you don't know that. Like we hope so, right? But like you know and I don't I don't I don't know that the book should say your parents might love you you know what I'm not <laughs> saying say that but like I, I always get like eh when you're telling me how people feel about me, how I feel about people, right? Like you don't know what's going on. Like maybe we're, maybe my parents are getting divorced because one of my parents is terribly abusive and doesn't like me at all. Right. Particularly if you are a, if you are a book that is setting
1: out to be an explainer and not yeah. an illustrator of one child's story or yes. several children's stories. Like when you're saying like, this is this is the deal with divorce, then um yeah, it has
0: to be more open-ended.
1: Yeah. Yep, like, yep,
0: yep. It has to be more, you know, uh considering of different situations and um, um especially with divorce. Like right. I don't like pl- like lots of people get divorced because one partner is not doing great stuff. Right. Right? And like you know, I I just um and and like you can still be inclusive of that without saying that right without saying like maybe one of your parents is an asshole like i'm not saying say that <laughs> but you know what i mean like they're they're just like the the wordage could have been uh a little more um general is not the word i'm looking for inclusive is not the word i'm looking for i don't know What's the or word like
1: some for? something about i like the way that the when when we've read stories about when children have had to be taken into foster care mm-hmm. um like the idea that you are safer, like you will, yeah. be, you, you you will have a better experience, right? Like your 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 the parents that you have will be able to parent you better when they're not together. Yeah, you be you know, like there's a way to talk to center the child a little bit differently in a way that is reassuring, but is not um, like making false promises
0: yes yes i love that so so i would say overall like i recommend this book but just with a couple of caveats and like you might want to change the wording when you read it um but it's like those two kind of sentences that i was a little like meh uh but overall well i i sort of honestly i sort of gave these i don't always necessarily do this but i sort of gave these in my order of my top three like i (laughs) emily's was my favorite um and then I would say my family is changing would be my second favorite and kids book about divorce. And I was like, that's pretty good. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's uh, those are my books.
1: All right, I have. Thank you so much, Seth, for sharing those books.
0: Welcome. I'm excited to hear about yours.
1: I'm excited to chat about those. Um, I have two books to share. Um, one I'll go um, a little bit more deeply into, and one will be more of an honorable mention. Um, the first is called a Tale of Two Saders," and it is written by Mindy Avra Portnoy who is um, actually um, more accurately described as Rabbi Mindy Avra Portnoy
0: yeah. he
1: is a reform rabbi reformed yeah. I was just- <laughs> <laughs> Temple County now in Washington, D.C. I'm reading this from, um, we can link to this show notes, this little, or, you know, link in our show notes to this little bio that I found, um, who has written, she's the author of five Jewish children's books, Ooh, uh, which do published. Do you know which other ones? Um, well, I see the first was published actually in 1986. And it oh, was, wow. Um, Emma on the Bimma, My mm-hmm. Mommy the Rabbi which was um, groundbreaking for its portrayal of uh, a lady rabbi. Um, and uh, the most recent is this one, A Tale of Two Saders." And I don't have these other, the other, um, okay. I don't
0: have. No, these I, was, I was just nosy. <laughs>
1: uh, and then uh, all um, this book, um, along with um, Rabbi Mindy's, other books are all published by Carben, which is a an award award winning publisher of children's of Jewish books for children and families about um holidays, Jewish history, contemporary Jewish life, and more and I pulled that straight from the from the yeah. website mm-hmm. yeah they're great
0: do yeah. a lot of good work
1: um, and then this book was um, illustrated by Valeria Sis, um, who was born and raised in the city of Rosario, Argentina. Um, and she lives in Argentina um, okay but I think it's so funny that their last
0: name is Sis Um <laughs> it may not be pronounced Sis because I'm not claiming to uh, okay <laughs> but like what if they ever transitioned it would be so funny anyway sorry um, <laughs> hilarious <laughs> jokes. again I'm making the assumption that they're Sis I don't know <sighs> um, but it would just be funny if I guess it would be funny either way anyway go ahead
1: <laughs> um, um and so, ooh, and something that really resonated with me about Valeria Suss's, uh bio is that um, she collects wooden chairs and old irons. Uh, well, I my-
0: love an old
1: iron. Well, great, because my, my, um, I made me think my aunt has, like, old irons as her, like, props yes. around her house. Oh, my God, cute. Uh, And she and then I adopted this. And I know we're the only two people in the whole world who've ever thought of this. But like using old wooden ironing boards like behind sofas as as like as
0: sofa tables. You know what I mean? Like with pictures. Oh, okay, okay. I was imagining the sofa was like against a wall and there was just a table.
1: Well, even
0: that, like
1: even when one like having an and it has to be the same level right it's the same height yeah. the back of the sofa and it's an old wooden yeah. iron and that's where she has her photographs and a lamp oh, all behind behind the sofa um and i have the same thing with like orchids in my window on my, on my vintage russell wright uh plates Ooh, so fancy because i am a thrifter so <laughs> I'm very drawn to this idea of collecting wooden chairs and old irons and i was like same girl same same girl same okay back to the story um a tale of two satyrs is um oh one of the reasons that i was so excited to find this book um mm-hmm. is because we are recording in the middle of march and mm-hmm. Passover is actually coming up at yes. the
0: end of oh my gosh so I, i'm sorry this is like a total side note but we were driving somewhere yesterday in, in montreal where we live and uh there was a, a billboard and the billboard had a rabbi on it. And in French, it said, celebrate the redemption. And it was <laughs> it was like Passover and it had the dates of Passover on it. And I was like, who is this billboard for? Because like, you're not telling me to celebrate Passover because like, I, I'm not Jewish. And someone who's going to celebrate Passover is already going to celebrate it. Maybe like someone who's like not super, like who doesn't practice Regularly, and like sees this billboard, and is like, "Maybe I'll celebrate Passover." This guy told me I should. Like, who is it for,
1: Rabbi? I don't. Did it have the address of the temple? No. 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 Did it have the name of the rabbi? No. No. So it wasn't even like advertising. Like, and if you aren't observant, then come celebrate with us. At no, it was just like temple... celebrate the redemption. I, well,
0: it was. It was really funny. I don't know it made I'm, me laugh. I'm was here like, for it.
1: for anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this story like other other stories that we've shouted out on this podcast does a really nice job of weaving in kind of the the theme of the book which is about grappling with divorce and kind of the the aftermath of divorce and changing families um and also teaching the reader either either the jewish reader will you know just um uh, like we we're talking about things enjoy the representation normalized right enjoy the representation and under and come to it with a lot of understanding about kind of the the way that some of the the elements of the passover um are kind of being used um as metaphors in the story and then for readers who are not jewish like myself um there is back matter that gives a lovely glossary yeah. Um, and I'm going to tell you about a funny, a funny little moment, which which revealed my own, to, revealed to myself the <laughs> reminded me that no, I am not Jewish, and I, revealed to
0: you that you're not. Oh, I'm not Jewish.
1: <laughs> um, because there was one, there was a moment in the book that I was like, oh, that's funny, like, and then it did it read one way not having kind of a deep understanding of the um elements of the day and it read a very different way once I realized um you read little, that back matter yeah once I read that back matter I needed to be front matter so I knew what the hell I was getting into <laughs> this book is really um delightful and really well done so um So i'm gonna start by reading the first page and we'll go over a little bit about the plot and um how how everything progresses so it begins um the year after my mom and dad stopped being married to each other i went to two Satyrs in two places one at dad's apartment and one at mom's house Luckily, like many Jewish families, we have two seders, which makes Passover a lot easier than Thanksgiving, where there's also lots of food, but you have to decide where to eat it.
0: <laughs> oh, um, can I just make a quick comment? Why is it always dad who's in an apartment?
1: Right. Isn't that? That's interesting. That's like a that seems like a very um, like heteronormative thing, right? Like, the idea like where that- the
0: mother always wins custody of the kids.
1: Or, or and the mother is like the homemaker. Yeah, she has the a home. It's the house because that's where all of the like emotional and mental labor is being done. Yeah, to, like, I don't, I don't like it. A household, and then dad goes to an apartment. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, just, um, a, just a thought. Yeah, that's very like tropey, right? Like it's always dad's apartment. That's interesting. Although in the next book I'm going to talk about, it disrupts that a little bit. Great so, and see. Uh, okay, so what I like about this opening is that we are situated in the fact that this that the parents have have divorced, right? They stop being married. This family celebrates um, the seder. This family celebrates Passover, or you know, um, and. And also I like um, kind of the nod that connects this holiday. So for readers who are not of the Jewish faith or don't have Jewish heritage, like myself, um, I like that for the reader, it kind of e- not equates, but it, it talks about Passover and the Seder dinners or the Seder feasts in the same um kind of as a parallel to thanksgiving right so it gives non-jewish readers a, a way to orient themselves to this holiday and like kind of the the uh the the place that this holiday has in like the yearly calendar mm-hmm. does that make yeah, sense
0: i love that yeah yeah it does
1: yeah um and so and
0: also the idea that like it might be it's not unusual to have just to have two
1: to have two right right Mm -hmm. some um diasporas um of jewish people celebrate two seder Mm -hmm. and some have one and so she calls attention or the protagonist rather calls attention to um the fact that their family has two um and so uh then so we get situated um And then uh, the protagonist talks a little bit about what it means to have two homes, having a room in each place, and kind of describes each of the rooms um, and kind of the experience of being a a child that has two households. Um, And then um, it says Mom and dad were divorced three years ago. So since then, I've been to six different satyrs. And then we get this recounting of what happens um, at each of those events. And so back to the right page of notes, um, year one, we meet, we learn that dad has invited his friends, Gabe and Lisa, um, grandpa is there and, um, the protagonist talks about how the day goes or how the, how the feast goes, um, talks about the four questions, um, which is a one of the focal points of the Passover Seder, which begins with, um, it's the the majid, which is the telling of the story of Exodus from Egypt, and it, it, then the way that the story begins is that the youngest person at the seder asks these four questions, right? So that's like a part of the ceremony of the of the of the seder, um, and then um, the protagonist talks about. Um, the Dayenu, the Song of Gratitude that's sung, and how the dog keeps barking the whole time. And then also- (laughs) I love that. (laughs) about The um, mentions the first of, um, basically for each of the satyrs that our protagonist kind of uh, discusses, um, they talk about the quality of the corroset, and the kroset is a paste which is made of fruit and nuts, and it's um, it symbolizes the mortar um, that the Israelites used to mm-hmm. um, create the pyramids and bond bricks when they were kept as slaves in Egypt. Um, and so that's like a very traditional component of the of the seder, and it becomes a theme throughout the story, um, kind of reflecting upon the the differences in each of the krosets that um, that you know are featured at these different events um so that's year one with dad we have Gabe and Lisa and grandpa um the next night uh our protagonist celebrates with mom and mom is having this uh a bunch of lady friends over Laura and Ruth and Samantha and I love this spread because they are it is like very dynamic they are like um all of these women there is like a Uh, someone playing the guitar that's her auntie there is someone the children are dancing all of the all of the ladies are like in motion i love that i love a good dynamic spread exactly and it's very different it's interesting because it's the the spread before that at dad's apartment is like very slave like everyone is in their (laughs) chairs every the lines are all like you know um Mm. horizontals and verticals whereas here we have a lot of like angles and movement which is interesting um And uh, in this page, she mentions, um, everyone drank more than four cups of wine, except me. And uh, funny thing, when you are a non-Jewish reader, as I am, um, it took a couple of readings and then looking at the glossary in the back to realize that that wasn't just a nod to the ladies each like consuming a full bottle of wine each. Um, It actually had... (laughs) Four cups of wine is another yeah. symbolic um, component of the seder, and the four cups of wine represent. Um, and through my research, I learned that the four cups represent the four expressions of deliverance promised by God in Exodus, um, and so that also has this symbolic. But maybe, maybe they she does mention. I'm
0: I'm like like cups. I know. Oh go ahead. <laughs> oh no, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say I'm ahying like I know everything, and like I, I am not Jewish. I have never participated in a Passover Seder. Um, But I recently... So we've talked about um, PJ Library before, uh, who is wonderful. Um, They're an organization that basically uh for basically you can get free ch- children's books that are centered around um the jewish faith and it's you know targeting jewish families um but also like as an educator um you can you can also subscribe so i subscribe and one of the things that they offered was uh you could get a hagadah which is the book basically that you read during passover that kind of like guides you through it mm-hmm. um and i i was like it's for children perfect it'll <laughs> explain to me what's happening <laughs> so like you had to get six so i was like oh no so i just i just kept one for myself gave one to my best friend because their partner is not jewish and they are jewish and i was like you can explain you can use this to explain it to them um and then i like gave the other ones to people in the community um but it was just like so uh It was such a good way to learn a little bit more about, um, you know, especially getting one geared towards children. Uh, It was just a really great way to learn about Passover for myself. And so, like, I definitely encourage folks to, like, get your hands on a Haggadah geared towards children if you're interested in learning more, because it really, like, breaks everything down very simply. It was like, here's all the things you need, like, checklist of, like, all the things you need. And, like, it was really cute. Um, And they just do a great job in general with the work that they do at P.J. Library.
1: I actually found, um, I totally agree. And I found a roundup of Haggadahs that oh. are for children. Like it was like, Hey parents, if you need a Hagada, like check these out because they were illustrated and helped, mm-hmm. um, right. Richness to them. So maybe we can link to that in our, yeah, definitely. Videos. Um. So yeah. So mom, so at dad's um, we meet their friends at mom's. We also meet some friends, right? So both of these parents are um, building, uh, a family that includes chosen and right blood or or right like chosen family and some blood relatives which is a weird way to say that because I know that like not every relative that's not right either right yeah,
0: but
1: uh, dads there's grandpa and at moms there's yeah evelyn but uh, so but there's also uh, i don't
0: family. know yeah listeners if you can think of the good word for that
1: yeah better than uh, it's, uh, yeah
0: probably. there's got to be a better word
1: like chosen family versus what like what's the what's the given family
0: <laughs> i don't
1: know Oh well, yeah okay so there's members of the given family and members of the chosen family i like that i'm taking that i'm stealing that
0: right i don't okay. know made yeah. it up all I'll right copyright seth
1: uh, that's that's year one. Um, and then we have year two. Um, so the second seder um, since the divorce, um, we learn that at first the first night isn't mom's this year right so they do that you you notice that pattern where like one night one year she's spending the first night with mom then the next year she spends the first night with dad
0: well that's very fair um, of
1: them yeah and so and actually it's funny that you mentioned the hagadah because um it mentions that they got a new hagadah um and i just i think that throughout this there are all sorts of little moments like new Haggada, like new kind of kind of a rebirth of this family or, you know, like there's all these little f- f- symbolic moments that I think are really probably someone who is more steeped in this holiday, <laughs> it's even more so than me. But I do think there's a lot of symbolism um, going on in this story in the way that it's laid out really, really carefully um, and woven together really well. Um, and the Haggadah is right—the text recited at the at the seder on the two first nights of Jewish Passover—and um, then at this at this uh, event, uh, our protagonist um, tries the um, kharoset that is made from a um, Yemenite recipe, and so she learns about um, Operation Magic Carpet. Um this I felt I'm not gonna lie, listeners, Seth. I felt this was a little clunky. um mm. Operation carpet is an event uh, it was in nineteen forty nine and nineteen fifty when um like fifty thousand Yemenite Jews were like transported to the new state of Israel. okay, um, it's just touched upon like it literally just says like I asked who like who the Yemenites were, and like my mom told me about Yemen and the Operation Magic Carpet. And it it feels a little um, forced, and I think it really is designed mm. to the next plot point where the protagonist dreams that her father returns to the family on a magic carpet.
0: So yeah, that seems like a lot of work for that.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that was not quite as seamless as I think it could have been. Um, to show that that she's still missing her father and missing the, the idea of her given family still including both mom and dad in the same house. I think there was maybe a better way to do that because you don't, it's not really, the you know, the Operation Magic Carpet is a big topic to give one. Yeah, one.
0: I was going to say, it also seems like, I mean, first of all, like you can't really go into it and it's weird to just touch on something like that. And then like, also like that's a big political, like that just seems like a can of worms to me
1: yes I think that is a very good way to say it can of worms <laughs> um, I do like the idea that it, it it gives a nod to the fact that um Jewish people come have come from a variety of places in the world and but you know it's just a uh, th- there's a lot to unpack there and it doesn't unpack it and I think it's a little much to unpack for the reader just to yeah. get up to her
0: dream so yeah also yeah. like then that leaves the responsibility to the person reading the book to the child to like explain that if they ask that question
1: right and also magic carpets like there's a lot there around like like um orientalism yeah uh like the arab like Middle east so anyway yes yep I, i wish they'd made a different choice there just gonna just gonna say it um and then in the next spread though we have now it's night two of that seder and so um or night two of passover so the second seder meal of that year and we meet dad's new friend gail.
0: Ooh. The quintessential way to say that like of course there's a new friend gail. Oh my god. So this is uh we didn't touch upon this but there is um Anastasia Higginbotham wrote a book called Divorce is the Worst and uh like it's good. Um it wasn't like you know my like it didn't blow me away which is why i didn't uh feature it but it was it was fine like there was nothing wrong with it but one of the things that that made me think of was they were saying you know like i mean the title is literally like divorce is the worst right and so in the beginning they're talking about you know when this happens it's the worst right but then and then they're like uh but then when you know your parent brings a uh like a, a friend home and it's like you know in quote air quotes it's like in quotes it's like uh it's like that's actually the worst <laughs> <laughs> it's like it just made me laugh oh my gosh but anyway
1: and in this spread it is it's funny because she gail has brought a whole box of chocolate lollipops for our protagonist Oh. picture our protagonist has her body turned away from dad and gail she's <laughs> on the lollipop and she's looking back like various askance like a lot <laughs> of picture and meanwhile it's like um new friend gail has the most docile expression on her face it's uh i mean she looks perfectly pleasant perfectly pleasant but let's just say i'm i'm team mom samantha ruth (laughs) and elaine i'll be drinking wine over at that table let's just put. oh my god um and then grandpa stan is snoring in the armchair it's very sweet um And she's not. She says she's. She says, um, uh, "In the morning, Dad cooked fried matzah for me and asked if I'd like gale. I wasn't sure, but the lollipops were terrific. So love uh, that. <laughs> and um, and so that is. Oh, and also, uh, we learn at that event that Gabe and Lisa, friends, Gabe and Lisa, have a new baby. So we're getting like to." of like lots of different families in the story, you know, like you get to follow kind of the passing of time. There's lots of different markers to show how time is passing. Um, And then we get to this year, which is year three. Um, And it says that in year three, um, dad, dad is um, she's at dad's for the first night and dad and gail are getting married in the summer right um, she's, she's brought her mother to the event so with the protagonist is meeting like you know her kind of almost grandma or quasi grandma or not quite grandma um, <laughs> the woman later does ask they so say, like oh you can call me grandma but no, she's not not so sure about that
0: yeah i don't um, know about that
1: and um, grandma and something interesting about this page so you get another dinner and um i it was kind of a bait and switch okay talking about the passage of time so we're talking about you know there's a new friend now there's baby zach Aww. and it says um when i sang the four questions baby zach clapped but i was sad that grandpa stan wasn't there to hear me and i'm thinking Aww, like
0: oh. grandpa Stan.
1: And then the next line is, he's in the hospital getting a new knee, but dad says he'll be home soon. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> like,
1: what? That is so
0: shady. Like I... not,
1: not where I thought that that was going to go. Um, and so uh, this is where grandma, Gail's mom says that she can call her grandma. or um, I'm sorry, I, keep, uh, I, I don't want to misgender. There's no pronoun given for this child. So Gail's mom says the protagonist can call her grandma but um she's gonna have or they are gonna have to think about it um and then that night we have another dream protagonist mm. talking about the whole family together um and how everything is perfect in this dream the crow set is perfect in the dream but when she wakes up she's still in dad's apartment um so this you know this time has passed but this this child is still grappling with and
0: grandpa stan, stan
1: is still alive yes exactly and grandpa stan is still alive for <laughs> now don't, don't. Bump up. <laughs> um and then on the second night um mom promises this child a surprise they decides that they're going to go to temple to go to the temple for seder um, and she says, Auntie Evelyn was taking a Passover cruise. I wonder what kind of karosa they had on a cruise ship. <laughs> like, don't eat the karosa, don't eat anything on the cruise ship. Stay away from the buffet. Oh my god. Um, and then, uh, they arrive at the temple, and the protagonist sees her best friend there, which I like because Aww. that chosen family is for adults and for kids, right? Yeah. They're, they're chosen family, too. They're excited to have Seder together. And then, as I entered the social hall, I saw more people I knew. Gail and her mother and dad. What were they doing here? Didn't they <gasps> mom and I were coming? Oh my gosh! Kind of Gasp! Shows, like, oh, there's there's like more tension in these dynamics than these like docile face uh, illustrated characters are mm. telling us, right? Like, we're kind of not seeing those behind-the-scenes tensions between mom and dad mm. I mean, in the same room together. But it says... Dad came up and gave me a hug and said hi to mom. They told me they decided it would be nice for all of us to be together for one Aww. night. Yeah, so it was actually a plan. And so they all sit down and they're eating together, including, you know, Gail and the mom. Um, the two kids end up finding, um, oh gosh, did I not look up the pronunciation? You can correct me because of your knowledge. Um, yeah, the
0: the, oh, the afikomen? I don't know how to actually Aficomen. pronounce it. I pronounce it afikomen, but I might be wrong. Let me let me look up how to pronounce it. Okay.
1: I feel like I looked up every single other word. How to pronounce afikomen? Okay, this says... Afikomen. Afikomen. Oh, there you
0: okay.
1: go. Oh, I got it right. You're right. You uh, win. Okay, for the win. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, the, the girls find the... Um, the Afikamen. um and i like i think there's another little moment of symbolism there because um one of the meanings behind the Afikamen, which is part of the um uh it's it's hidden right so uh it's in, uh so the afikamen is it's uh it's broken in half part of it is hidden in did the house did you say that it was matzah did I say that it was matzah? I don't
0: know that you said that it was matzah.
1: It's okay. So it's it's the name of a p. It's a piece of matzah, and it's broken in half, and that it becomes the Afika Men because it's it's. Hold on a second. Let me start this over. Okay. If you saw my notes, you would understand. I like read a whole Vox article. Okay. Let me start <laughs> that over. Okay. How's the girls? Okay. Um. And so. Uh, before the event ends the girls actually find the afikamen which is a big deal and so um that is a tradition there are three pieces this is thank you to vox for for educating me on this and all <laughs> the research that i did but um there are three pieces of matzah at the middle of the seder table and the middle one is called the afikamen and um Relatively, like early on in the evening, um, the tradition is that the afikamen is broken into two pieces, and part of it is wrapped in a napkin and hidden, right? And so, at the um, at, after the meal, um, all of the children go running around looking for the the hidden afikimen. Um And the, the thing I like about this moment, because we actually this is the first time in the story that we've heard about this component of the tradition, or of the you know of the celebration. Um, And I like that because one of the meanings behind it is it says that um, it's a reminder that there's always more to discover in life than what we know. And um, I like that symbolism because this is the moment that the families are, you know, like they're each on their own trajectory, each each component of this protagonist family but they are coming together Hmm. having uh you know her best friend at the seder meal and i just think that it's um uh kind of showing that that life is a journey and she's on hers and she's moving forward in processing all of the change around her and it's a happy day
0: i love that yeah
1: um and so finally, she goes to visit Grandpa Stan in the hospital, um, you know, check on his knee, check that he is still with us. Um, and then on the final spread, um, to tie a nice little bow on this story, it says, that night when mom tucked me in, she told me that families are like corroset. Some have, ing- have more ingredients than others. Some stick together better than others. Some are sweeter than others, but each one is tasty in its own way.
0: Aw.
1: Yeah. And that is the end of the story. Cute. Uh, And then there's some great back matter. There's actually four different kuroset recipes. There's a a, a Yemenite kuroset that's mentioned. There's Israeli kuroset, traditional Ashkenazi kuroset, and the um, kuroset spelled differently. It's... For some reason, this one has a different spelling in the name. It's an 18 ingredient um corroset is an Italian tradition. Oh, oh chai. now someone else is gonna have to educate us on on this <laughs> meat. But it's 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 well written here, but I'll let I'll let the readers explore it. And then at the back of the book is a glossary that gives a little bit of information about each of the kind of um components of Passover and um the Seder that that are mentioned in the story. Um and that's part of where I learned that the four cups of wine was not just a nod to help <laughs> consumed, but that there was a there was a special meaning behind it. Yeah, yeah. Always learning I am. Always learning. And so now I'm looking forward to our listeners telling me everything I got wrong. <laughs> and how and how I'm talking about um Passover and the Seder in this episode. And I look forward to learning and growing. <laughs> um, yeah. And so my way to goes for this book. Um I think it's a it's a very um uh I I like the symbolism in the story. I think it's a great way to talk about kind of uh changing family dynamics, like I said, like kind of the passage of time, um, and how you know, it's not going to be a neat little bow like feet at the bottom, mm. uh, when it comes to like, accepting the, the new components of the given family and the chosen family and changing families. But um, yeah, I like the the idea that uh, uh, the idea that there's always more to discover in life than what we know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really cute. Yeah.
1: Um, my rooms to grow are that there's really not a lot of diversity um, mm-hmm. in the story. There, there's kind of um, I don't really. It's kind of heteronormative families or nothing. Expected. Yeah. Um, kind of deviating from that. Um, everyone presents as. Um, there's a little bit of um, like one of the gals at the first seder dinner maybe presents as being a woman of color, but um, mm. you know, just everyone's kind of. Varying shades of of grit, of beige. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's what I I would say. Just pushing, always pushing the envelope on that. Yeah, to see that. But I think this is a great a great story to have on the shelf, both to kind of talk about Passover and to talk about families. So yeah, I, I love
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's always nice, like you said, to have books that we can just pull off the shelf, and it can happen to be about Passover and happen to be about a family who's you know going through a divorce but like you can just pull it out and talk about a family yeah you know what i mean
1: it's a story yeah yeah well-woven story Mm -hmm. um yeah and so then i'll just i just want to do kind of an honorable mention for my my book um it is called two homes and it was um published in 2001 by candlewood press and it's written by Claire Mazaral, who um, lives in France. I wasn't able to find out a lot about her background, um, uh, but she published her children's books, um, some in French and some in English. And then it's illustrated by Katie McDonald Denton, who is um, out of Ontario. Mm. And um, also has uh, has illustrated a number of books and something i read about her is that she continues to use like no computers like she's whoa
0: strictly,
1: yeah like strictly
0: how old is she i don't
1: know let's look up we don't age discriminate around here but let's see. no no i'm just curious
0: um, like uh, like it would be it's different just right it's um, like no, a young, it, young person who's just choosing not to use technology as opposed to
1: no she isn't she's 79
0: okay that's fair yeah
1: yeah, so she's been illustrating for a long time. She's won the Governor's General Literary Award mm-hmm. for children's Literature for Illustration. She's been nominated for the Astrid Lindgren Memorial Award. Cool. She got, was nominated for the Golden Kite Award for Picture Book Text. So she's an author and illustrator. Um, but in this oh, wow. case, um, she was she is the illustrator. Hmm. Um, and this uh, is a very simple book. I, mean, I think is would be fantastic, particularly for very young audiences. Mm. Um, and it it's called Two Homes, and it just it says it begins the our protagonist. We learn at the end is named Alex. The thing I love about this book is that Alex again is not only there's no there's no pronouns given for Alex, but Alex, um, really presents as like um you cannot there's not a lot of like. Uh, the gender expression is not yeah I is. like like uh, they're not like wearing all pink protective. or all
0: blue or a baseball like they're just like
1: they just look like yes. a kid just like a kid wearing like lots of like basic primary colors
0: and has this like funky bowl cut um and it's just alex and can i love I, that. can i just say that i saw a facebook post yesterday where someone posted a picture of their daughter she uh, infant you know uh maybe 1 or younger.
1: Mm-hmm. And this
0: baby, I mean bald baby, wearing a uh yellow and white striped t-shirt or onesie and jeans. And she posted it in a queer parents group and she was saying, "I just want to share this like picture of my daughter being cute because I posted it in other groups and people criticized me for dressing her like a boy." Oh and I was like, "Since when are yelp first of all, even in straight people world, since when are yellow and white stripes and jeans for a boy?" she wasn't even wearing blue like what yellow and white and a pair of jeans yes oh my god. like you know what i mean like even if i mean don't get me wrong if she was wearing blue they were still wrong but i was like this isn't even like a boy outfit this is like what <laughs> i hate people anyway people are the worst but yes i like in picture books when they sort of leave uh you know it's it's nice you know depending on the book and whatever but like it's nice when we just a kid can just be a kid
1: yeah absolutely um and so it it begins um the text is very simple um what i like about the illustrations uh one of the one of the uh reviews that i read of this book um, noted about katie mcdonald denton it says um sensitively drawn portrayals of the characters within well-imagined scenes of domestic life mm. um, like, like well-imagined scenes of domestic <laughs> life is i think a great turn of phrase um because you do get these really rich interior scenes and really mm. rich um kind of place-based illustrations that are mm-hmm. it's completely not part of the text, right? You don't have the text saying like um so for example in the other story, um the one that I just recommended, you when when the protagonist is describing the two rooms, um the protagonist says like in my mom's house I have blue wallpaper and I have this and that and this and that, right? And that so it's all kind of spoken in the text. And then reflected in the illustration. In this case, what you have um, is this child just saying, like, here, like here's my room. And then you see the room, right? So um, the text goes, um, here I am. I am Alex. And you see the, this child standing next to an easel and a big self-portrait. Lots of primary colors, big smile, right? Um, and then it says, this is daddy. And it shows them with a they've created a painting of daddy, mm-hmm. and this is mommy. Daddy lives here. Sometimes I'm with daddy, and you get this picture again. We've um and you get sorry, you get this picture of this child standing, which well, looks like a very um affluent area, like a basically mm-hmm. waterfront home, Ooh. um, which I'll get to in my rooms to grow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it says daddy lives here sometimes i'm with daddy um and then you get the page turn and it says mommy lives there sometimes i'm with mommy so i have two homes um and again you have the mommy it's an, it's another exterior shot they're walking in the rain in kind of a more urban environment mm. like like a like a cityscape Uh, says I have two. So what I love about this is it talks about the tangible things that come with having two homes, right? I have two front doors. My coat goes here and you get like the hall. My coat goes there and you get like the hall of the other home, right? Like the foyer. I have two rooms, my room at daddy's and then you get a picture, right? So there's no description. It's just my room at daddy's, my room at mommy's and you get the, the different, spaces that this child lives in um uh, it says i have two favorite chairs a rocking chair at daddy's a soft chair at mommy's i have lots of friends friends come and play at daddy's friends come and play at mommy's and that's almost like there's something about like a maurice sendak and like all of these children in this spread you get um kind of across the double page spread you see. The ch- all the children playing in one location. And then across the double page spread, you have all the children playing in the other location. And in the bottom spread, there's something so Maurice Sendak about it because there's <laughs> children like with dress up clothes, like stepping into shoes that are too big, mm. uh, really fantastic illustrations. I really am drawn to to um, Katie McDonald dentons style of illustration. Um, So we talk about, right, so we have the front doors, the chairs, the friends, um, the kitchens, uh, the bathrooms. So it's really just listing out like what it means to have two homes and seeing these fantastic interiors at both places. It's kind of like um, Nancy Meyer, like kitchen envy level, like fantastic (laughs) interiors. Um, And it says, uh, I know I'm just kind of reading it to you, but it's, it's just a simple book. So I'm just kind of going through it says, I have two telephone numbers. Mommy calls me at daddy's house. Daddy calls me at mommy's house. Home phones. Right. I so, know they're yeah, rotary phones. Um, I love daddy and I love mommy no matter where I am we love you Alex and then this is in in italics which I really like and it's talking about we which I think is a nice choice we love you Alex we love you wherever we are and we love you wherever you are yeah cute it's really sweet um What I love about this book, my way to goes for this story, um, are the way that the text and illustration play together, right? It's definitely a true picture book in that way where you can't take away one without, you can't just have one or the other. They really work together to to be greater than the sum of the parts. Mm. And you miss, you would miss so much, um, if you didn't have the illustrations. Um, and you would also miss so much about really the, the messaging if you didn't have the text. So they work really beautifully together. Um, and like I said, I really like the style of Katie McDonald Denton's art. It also feels very classic to me. Like, uh, like I said, I, it's very evocative in some ways of Maurice Sendak, um, with the dynamism of the children, especially. Um, the rooms to grow, my only room to grow. Well, I have two rooms to grow. <laughs> they're, they're they're connected. They're interrelated. One is that this book is very white. Like it's. Very, the family is white all of the friends are white one is like truly a slighter shade of beige than the rest like it's very white too white um and the other problem that i have and it's not a problem okay i shouldn't say it's a problem that i have with this book but it's a problem (laughs) that i have with all books about divorce i think Mm. um and it's that the idea that um it does flip it on its head where in this case you do have daddy in this enormous, like palatial, uh, home on the Cape it looks like. And then you have mommy in like an an apartment, right? So mommy's like living in Boston, living in Cambridge and daddy's like up on the Cape. Um, so it's kind of like steeped in privilege in that way. Mm. Um, and I also just, and with the, the last book and I think some of yours as well, like this idea that when you, If your parents get divorced or when you, when you're, when the people, when your parents are unmarried and, or live in separate places, um, you will get two of everything. Yeah. You will get two rooms of your own, right? Like Mm -hmm. in all of these kids have their own rooms. And I think that that is an unrealistic depiction of what divorce and what, what single parent family, like single parent. Yeah. Single parenting looks like, and and co-parenting looks like. Yeah, and I would like to see some representations of um, uh, more children of color, mm-hmm. queer families, and also um, kind of that socioeconomic representation, where where people are not, you know, living in these these spacious spaces because when you get divorced money is tight like suddenly two mortgages yep. like that's not easy for anybody nope um so i that's my my only criticism is that i think this is a beautiful book i think it needs to be balanced with some additional representation in this yeah. genre
0: yeah absolutely yeah And i think that's a, a struggle we come up against <laughs> often um these
1: kind of like quote-unquote problem like issue books um we really need to work on building better representation into mm -hmm. these stories
0: agreed
1: yeah Yeah. but um yes so those those are the two books that I wanted to talk about today
0: Hooray! well Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we were able to find some books for this topic because like I said when I first started looking I was scared um. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah there are definitely I think it's nice because we found some uh, there are some good ones that we we each had one that was like more a pull off the shelf <laughs> uh and one that was more like we're talking about this thing
1: <laughs> a little more didactic yeah yeah <laughs>
0: um, yeah so I think you know I think it's nice that there's sort of those options um, even for you know also, for kids who are going through the, you know, going through those things, I feel like it's nice to just have it woven into a story too. Sometimes it's supposed to like, we're gonna sit down and talk about divorce now, <laughs> like, right? You know, and different things work for different kids. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy that we found some good ones.
1: Yeah, and I think that a lot of these can be um fleshed out also with the blended families. The, mm. the books that we featured in our blended families episode, right, where we did find books that were written by um like black creators Uh Uh, so i think having a medley (laughs) is always
0: important a medley i like that Uh, and on that note i guess uh, i'll see see you next time that's right thanks so much Bye. Remember, stay rad.